welcome to the Wellness Wave podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke, and my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Today wasn't a bad day by any means. So many beautiful things happened, but it was a little bit of a sad day. I was spent the last week at the beach with my family and a really close friend, including my little sister who lives in New York City, who I very rarely get to see. And I had to drive home today because I have to work tomorrow And to be fair, I did want to get home to see my mans and my cats, but I definitely could have stayed at the beach longer and been perfectly happy with it. My little sister, like I said, lives in New York City, but I am absolutely obsessed with her and I already miss her so much. This happens every time I part ways with her now where I literally get so emotional because she is just my best friend in the whole world. And if you have a little sister or someone in your family who you're really, really close with, you know this feeling. But little sisters in particular, man, there's something about that relationship that is just so special. There is really nothing else like it. If you don't have a big sister yourself, I will be your stand-in big sister because it's just a it's a beautiful relationship, a beautiful bond that you can't find it anywhere else. And I, you know, I love all my friends very dearly, but no one is going to come close to my little sister. I'm hopefully going to get to see her once more before she goes back to the city. But we've really just had the loveliest week. She also does a lot of content creating. She's a dancer and an actress. She is just so talented. She's so beautiful. She is so creative and so humble. That she's always teaching me new things and inspiring me. She has gotten me back into oil pulling. I, I kind of wait until I'm feeling like I need it to do oil pulling, which if you don't know, that's basically swishing coconut oil around in your your mouth for about 30 minutes a day. You're supposed to do it first thing when you wake up because it helps to kind of like remove any bad bacteria that have, have grown because... Uh, coconut oil is incredibly antimicrobial, but the bad bacteria, of course. So it helps to restore the microbiome in your mouth, which is connected to the microbiome in your gut. All of these things are interconnected, right? But so I'll wait as, as like a reactive measure. I'll take it as a reactive measure rather than a proactive measure of just doing it every single day, like flossing or brushing your teeth. And so she's inspired me to get back into that. She's inspired me to make my own lotion my own body butter she made a homemade shea butter coconut oil essential oil blend and oh my gosh you guys your skin literally glows after you put this stuff on it feels so nourishing and I just feel like a goddess when I cover my body in it because the shea has a yellow tint to it so it really gives you that golden glow she's also got me in my overnight chia and oats era I've never really been an overnight oats or overnight 
uh, or chia pudding girl, but I always love it when I do have it. So it's time. I'm getting into that part of my life because honestly, I'm getting really tired of yogurt fruit bowls. That's what I've been eating literally for probably the past six months and I'm, I'm getting tired of it. We had such a beautiful, fun week overall, just taking pictures and getting all dressed up. We binge watched a bunch of Love Island, if you haven't watched Love Island. Um, I would say avoid it at all costs, but also it's the best thing ever, so pick your poison. We took a day trip to Rosemary Beach, which is just one of our favorite places along 30A, and it really wasn't that far from where we, we stay. We also found a killer Goodwill. I found a lot of good items there, including this adorable cat sweater, which it's a cardigan. The buttons are all cats. It's embroidered stitching, and on the right side, there are black cats. On the white, the left side, there are white cats. So I feel like that really is symbolic of Rocco and Momo, who are my two cats. One is a Siamese and one is a Russian blue. Not quite black and white, but that close enough. While we were in Rosemary, we went to Raw and Juicy at Alice Beach, which is just the most phenomenal place in along 30A, in my opinion. They have this lentil beet walnut veggie burger. And I, y'all, you have never tasted anything like this. It is so good. Obviously, it's not a hamburger. It's not a cheeseburger. So don't go there and get it expecting that. But all my healthy wellness girlies, which I know, or and guys, which I know all of you are if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go and try this burger if you ever get the chance. And Alice Beach is so beautiful. It's all white. It feels like you're on a movie scene, kind of like Truman Show vibes, but I'm here for it. It doesn't feel creepy. I feel like when I first went to Alice Beach, there weren't as many people there and it did feel kind of creepy when there's no one there. It's very like sterile and feels like you're being watched, like you're, there's surveillance cameras everywhere, whatever. But this time that we went, there were a lot of people out and about and it was a lot more um, human feeling. <laughs> we also went to Apalachicola, which is about 30 minutes from where we stay. And it's just the cutest, authentic old beach town. Um, it's, there's some really good restaurants with really good seafood, you guys. Oh my gosh. I got this Cajun grouper. Mm, honestly, that restaurant is what has gotten me into fish recently. Cause I have never been a big fish girl. I've always eaten salmon, but whitefish has never really been my thing up until recently. And I actually found out this week, my mom and sister both seem to remember me being really obsessed with fish sticks when I was a little kid, which I don't really remember being a thing. So I guess it makes sense that I've come back around full circle to liking really good high quality fish. I don't really eat fish sticks. That's not my thing anymore. There's also this really tasty coffee shop. I believe it's called Apalachicola Chocolate and Coffee Company, something very simple and straightforward like that. But they have so many pastries and um, oh my gosh, what is it called? Chocolate. It's the, not taffy. Oh my gosh. Why can I not think of what this is called? Oh my gosh. Fudge is the word that I'm looking for. I just spent a few minutes Googling that and really struggling, but there you have it. But they've got these gluten-free coconut macaroons, which are the fluffiest, most scrumptious, moist. I know people hate that word. I'm sorry if I triggered you. 
mm, pastries. I, there, it was so good. When I saw it in the case, I, it was the only gluten-free thing that they had besides chocolate fudge. And I, I wanted like a bready pastry, not ch- chocolate like that. But I saw it and I was like, oh, that's probably good, but it's probably going to be like a little crunchy or like it didn't look like it was going to be as soft and buttery and like just fall apart in your mouth the way that it did. It just melted so good. And I am quite the coconut fan if you were not already aware. So if you ever get the chance, also go to Appalachia Cola. There's also this beautiful shop called Bacasa there. They have all these linen clothing items, just very classic coastal chic they've got some home goods lots of like woven beach bags it's just absolutely stunning and if you live in atlanta they're actually doing a trunk show at bella cochina in buckhead village coming up very soon i think it's wednesday it's not this coming wednesday but the next wednesday i believe it's the 17th Oh wait, that's not right. The 7th, excuse me, June 7th. Through all of the wonderful adventures and beauty that this trip had to offer, there were a lot of very chaotic and strange moments and these moments taught me a lot of lessons. It was definitely a trip for learning and growing in a subtle way. You know how sometimes the earth or the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, teaches you lessons in a way that isn't so jarring. It's a little bit more gentle, but in order to actually pick up on those lessons, you have to be a little bit more tapped in and aware and paying attention. That's why it's so important to really be present in every moment and taking in, observing everything that's going on around you. And this actually brings me into the topic of today's episode. I was planning on recording a podcast episode while I was at the beach. I purchased a case for my microphone, which I'm very glad to have. However, it was a little purposeless, I guess. Moving forward, I'm sure it will serve many purposes. However, I ended up not recording the episode for multiple reasons. One, I really just wanted to spend time with my family and be present and make the most out of every moment. And there there wasn't really any time for me to record an episode because I was doing other work while I was there too. Um, but I also felt like this trip was, again, meant for me to just observe. I didn't need to output provide output. I just needed to take in what was happening because that was going to inform this episode and it totally did. And we took a lot of pictures, we made took a lot of video clips and that kind of stuff, but that was still something I was doing with my sister and with our friend, our good family friend who we've known literally our entire lives. Our moms are actually best friends, that's how we know each other. But anyways, let me just rewind and give you this full story from the start. So, first of all, This is the first time that my little sister and I have ever taken a trip together without our parents. My parents did end up joining us throughout the week, but we left first and met our uh, family friend, Ansley is her name there. My sister is Elizabeth, by the way, just for context. I don't think they'll mind me using their names in this episode. But Elizabeth and I had never taken a road trip like that together before. And we also had to take the animals with us and we had to leave the keys at the house so that my parents could get them. But my 
sister still had to bring the actual keys to the beach and they were all on the same keychain. So <laughs> we're, you know, we get through our whole drive. It takes us forever because we have to stop a few times. The cat pees in her carrying case. We really are trying to figure out a better system for getting the cat down to the beach because it's definitely not fair to her to keep her, uh, <laughs> you know, like in her pee like just sitting in her pee the whole time and we also don't want to be smelling that the whole time so we get to the beach and elizabeth's like hold on i need to find the key and of course she left the key at home because she accidentally absentmindedly just hung it back up on the hook and You know, it sounds like I'm bashing her and blaming this on her, but it's definitely just as much my fault because I should have triple checked to make sure that she had it with her. So it's on both of us. Thank goodness that my parents were able to call a locksmith and get somebody to come out and get us a copy of the key. Otherwise, we would have been in a really unfortunate situation. My parents were like, if we can't figure this out, you're going to have to pay for a place to stay. And we had the animals with us. So that it would have been really just a pain to find somewhere that would have even let us have animals. So fortunately, it worked out. But for a moment, it was very stressful. We were laughing about it at first, but then it got really serious and I felt really bad. Like I was kind of harsh on my little sister and mean because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how could you forget the keys? But again, it was like kind of, I think a projection of my own frustration with myself for not triple checking with her. You know what I mean? And I did get really irritated, but literally the next day we had plans to go to Rosemary and we got 30 or 40 minutes out and we found that first, that Goodwill we went to. And I realized at the checkout that I left my wallet at home, not, not home, home, but at the beach house, home, home would have been bad, much worse, but I left my wallet. And so my sister had to help me out and pay for my stuff. And I paid her back, but it just was like a, an instant slap in the face, a gentle slap in the face from the universe being like, you can be forgetful too because accidents happen. So don't be so hard on people for the mistakes that they make. Going into this week when I was planning on recording a podcast episode at the beach, I wanted to talk about becoming that woman and what that means to me. Last episode, I obviously talked about, you know, the whole hot girl summer idea and becoming that girl, whatever that means to you. I know that that's a word that kind of, or a term that puts a bad taste in some people's mouths, but to me, I really see being that girl as being somebody who shows herself compassion and prioritizes taking care of herself, but is gentle on herself when she, when she doesn't, you know, get an A plus every single time. But I'm about to be 25 in just a couple months here. I'm a Leo baby. So, so in August. Um, and sometimes that girl, quote unquote, doesn't really resonate with me anymore because I honestly don't want to be a girl anymore. I really want to step into my womanhood because that's where that confidence really lies, that self self-assurance, that trust that I can take care of myself. So in this episode, I really want to talk about what becoming that woman means to me. And I'm going to do so by using the lessons that I learned from this beach trip, because they really, really were like in my face here, 
here it is on a silver platter. This is what your episode is going to be all about. (laughs) So lesson number one from the trip, as I mentioned, was forgetting the keys, was to stay aware, have an attention to detail, but like the eye for detail. That is the first trait of that woman. That woman stays aware. She stays attentive and present. She pays attention to what's going on around her and the actions that she's taking. She is fully tuned in to the steps that she's taking and the consequences and repercussions of actions she either does or doesn't take. But lesson number two, which is me forgetting the wallet after being a little hard on my sister for forgetting the keys, is that that woman has grace for those around her and grace for herself. She recognizes that nobody is perfect and that she isn't perfect herself. And there's so much beauty to be found in that. And that the the more that we can cultivate this sense of forgiveness and this sense of freedom from having such high expectations, the more we can really settle into ourselves and feel a part of the community around us, feel part of the world and have an impact on people. Because at the end of the day, we're all doing our best. And that woman releases that grit on perfection. She releases the desire to put everyone in their place. You know what I mean? She's able to coax people into their place more gently than that. She doesn't need to be aggressive. She doesn't need to have this feminine rage that I know is a big topic nowadays. She has released trauma and not in the sense that it's no longer a part of her life. It absolutely is, but she's embraced it to have more compassion for herself, to have more compassion for other people. And she doesn't have an, the the urge to grab the whip, you know? That woman is far less likely to project than she may have in her past. That's not to say she never does, but when she does project her own traumas and her own insecurities and bad habits, it's something she very quickly acknowledges and recognizes and is able to take responsibility for. So that that kind of takes me into lesson three is that that woman takes responsibility for her actions. And this is something that also popped up a lot throughout the week. We have a little Pomeranian Hazel and she's getting a little bit older. She has been having some, I think like emotional issues because at some points she will just pee all over the house and my parents have taken her to the vet and they say that she doesn't have any any like UTI or any other problems like that but I think it stems a lot from anxiety and separation anxiety in particular because she's gone through a lot of big adjustments over the past year or two because both my my sister and I have moved out we lost our our older dog Ruby we had to say goodbye to her and I think Hazel has really struggled a lot adjusting to being more isolated and alone um you know, we do our best to kind of keep her happy and give her attention, but it's, it, you know, she's fortunately a very, very good dog and she is very easy to take places, but she's gotten kind of spoiled because we do take her a lot of places now. So when she's left home alone, she'll go to the bathroom. Anyways, my parents redid the carpet on one of the levels of the house, um, within the past, since they, they bought the house and 
my mom has been very adamant about we need to make sure Hazel is locked upstairs. She can't come down because she will pee. We came back inside the house and guess what? She had gotten out of the gate, which we had closed, and she peed on the carpet. And now instead of immediately calling my mom and telling her what happened, we tried to salvage the situation. We tried to clean it up. I used this, um, this like stain pet stain remover spray and I, it had already dried at this point. So I had to put a lot on there to get it out. But what I didn't know is that this rug, which is made out of seagrass has this natural protective film on it that it basically prevents anything from absorbing into the fibers. But when I used this spray, it basically destroyed that coating. And so now that spot on the carpet is more susceptible. Whereas if I had called my mom and immediately owned up and taken responsibility, she would have been able to tell us how to properly clean the rug and not ruin it. Because that was why she purchased that rug was because she knew they were going to be renting it out to people, that people would be probably walking in the house wet, even though they shouldn't. But you know, maybe they'd bring their dogs if they were going to make it pet friendly. Maybe other dogs would pee in the house. Maybe Hazel would pee in the house, you know. So the whole idea for my mom was get something cheap and get something that is going to be good under a bunch of wear and tear. Moral of the story is that woman takes responsibility when she messes up. That's something not enough people are doing in our society. And I think it's, it's really doing a disservice to yourself when you're unable to own up to your mistakes. Now, I'm not saying you apologize for everything because I know a lot of us who struggle with insecurity tend to say, I'm sorry, all the time. In situations when we don't need to be sorry, when we've done nothing wrong, or when we're not really sorry. So that woman knows when it's appropriate to take ownership and take responsibility and and genuinely apologize versus when it's something that she's really not that sorry for or that she doesn't have to apologize for. She knows the difference, right? That woman releases the need to apologize for everything and for everyone. She's unattached to that mentality. Speaking of non-attachment, that woman is not attached and Let me tell you guys, I learned a couple of lessons around this this week too. So I went out to the ocean by myself the first day that we were there. My sister and Ansley had come inside to take a break or they had gone to the grocery store, but I had been working up until this point. So I wanted to get into the ocean. So I went and I sat and the water was so still. It was very teal. There were like no waves and the sun was setting beautifully. I just had the the most peaceful time sitting in the water. I actually swam more than I have swum in years over the course of this beach trip. It was lovely. But anyways, I was sitting in the water. It was very grounding and therapeutic. I'm playing with the sand and I have this ring on that I, it's a little silver band that has hearts engraved into it. And I had had this ring since my eighth grade graduation. My parents got it as for me as a present and it was a very nice ring. I could feel it slipping off of my finger. You know how things like that happen in slow motion. I just felt it happening and I tried to save it, but I jerked too quickly. I moved too aggressively and it was gone. It was lost beneath the sand. I looked for it for a while. I even had 
This guy helped me who had a metal detector, but we couldn't find it anywhere. And it was just gone for good in the ocean. You know, there are worse places to lose a ring. And my hope is that somebody, you know, 10 years from now finds a really pretty ring and then they wear it forever. And it's, you know, lovely. Cause I know I've found jewelry before in random places and that, that jewelry holds a special place in my heart. Surprisingly enough though, I, I didn't feel horribly sad when this happened. I was a little sad. I was a little bummed, but I, I felt like I did a very good job of just letting it go and releasing it and not being too upset about it because at the end of the day, it's a material thing and I'm going to have the memory of losing the ring forever. And the fact that I wore it for over 10 years, literally over 10 years. I mean, there were probably phases of my life where I didn't wear it as much, but in general, it's pretty consistently been on, been on my finger. And it's, you know, I, I feel like that m- is a symbol of this transitional period of my life that I'm going through, becoming a woman. <laughs> I'm releasing so many things, releasing my childhood, releasing materialism and the fear of not having things, that, that desperate energy of attachment to things, because items can always be replaced, right? Like it's not a big deal to lose stuff. It might be a bummer. It might be a little irritating, but at the end of the day, what really matters is like your friends and your family, your loved ones, the people, the living beings around you and that your basic needs are met. And that ring, it wasn't really meeting any of my basic needs. I mean, it's nice to to feel, feel good about yourself and the way you look and to put effort into your parents, but it's not like I have a shortage of nice clothes and jewelry. You know what I mean? I do keep thinking though, if I had just let the ring fall off and not moved so quickly that maybe I could have salvaged it because I do think the reason I lost it was because I, again, felt it falling off and I tried to, tried to prevent it from happening and I I made it worse. I like pulled the way I pulled my hand, like caused the resistance of the water to pull it off faster. And then the sand buried it. You know what I mean? So if I had slowed down, slowed down, if I had slowed, slown is not a word. Okay. Yes. If I had slowed down, then I maybe could have held on to it a bit longer. And that takes me into the next lesson. I don't know which number we're on. I honestly lost track, but Slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be, as I always say throughout this podcast, and it's so true. Another lesson from the week, you guys. I had been working all day. I came inside from the porch because, oh, there was a bee or something. There was like a wasp out there that was hovering around me, but my mom and sister and Ansley were inside. I came in, uh, Elizabeth asked me if I could feed the animals and I got really frustrated because, you know, here I am like the only person that's working and I just felt like she could have done it. And, you know, she was just like on the couch and whatever, not a big deal. Not the point. It was not her fault. But so I go to feed the animals and I'm just feeling aggravated and frustrated. And I bend over to put the cat's food in her bowl and I stood up kind of quickly and I hit my head on the bottom of one of those counter overhangs and I hit it kind of hard and I still have a bump 
Honestly, that's part of why today has not been the best because I've had a couple of periods where I had a headache and was just feeling a little anxious about like, oh, should I have gone to the doctor? Head injuries are always like that, you know, especially when you've got anxiety. If you bump your head, you're just like, oh, do I have a concussion? Like, do I need to not stare at screens for a few days? But I definitely have not been doing the things you're supposed to do if you have a concussion. So fingers crossed. Wish me luck. I hope for the best. But moral of the story is if I had slowed down a bit and not been so herky-jerky standing up from feeding the cat, then I probably would have not hit my head so hard. I might have still hit it, but it wouldn't have been like a hard little, uh, what are they called, goose egg? a goose egg bump causing bump. Throughout my life, I've honestly been very klutzy and clumsy and again, kind of like a jerky person. I feel like I'm always rushing through things. I'm always trying to be the first and save time and be efficient or whatever. And I've really been relearning like what efficiency really means because efficiency really isn't being fast. It's not the same thing. It's doing things in a in an order or in a strategic way so that you do things more effectively and get them done in less time, but not necessarily because you're doing them faster. I hope that makes sense. But that woman is very good at this, is very good at doing things slowly but efficiently and therefore saving time and being able to to allocate time to things such as self-care and nourishing her body, spending time with loved ones, going to the beach for a week and still being able to get work done. And it's interesting because I always find myself reverting back to the the jerky motions and the quick the quickness that gets me into trouble when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm feeling overwhelmed. So You know, whether the stress is causing the quick jerkiness or the quick jerkiness is causing the stress, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those chicken or the egg situations, but I really believe that if we can slow down, take a step back, we can also put our bodies into more of that like parasympathetic rest, digest state. Uh, Not necessarily saying that the sympathetic state is not good because it absolutely is, but so many of us operate from that place 24-7 and it gets us into trouble, right? And instead of letting ourselves get so agitated and worked up to the point where we're making clumsy mistakes and errors and getting ourselves hurt, whether physically or emotionally or spiritually, instead of, instead of racing to the finish line, we can really just enjoy the process and slow down and say like, things will get done when they get done. At the end of the day, there's nothing that is so pressing that you can't take an extra 30 seconds to do it. So that woman releases the need to rush. She releases the shame of not being first place. She releases shame in general. Shame is a landfill emotion. I believe Ansley told me this the other day when we were talking about this episode. When we're so busy getting opinions from other people that are filling us up, it blurs our own perspective of who we are. And we aren't able to see clearly that we are this divine being who has so much potential to really do whatever we want in this lifetime. And if you don't know who you are, you get lost in the flow of the world instead. Every person on this planet is just doing their best to make sense of the chaos. And our brains have a tendency to find order when things feel overwhelming and complicated. 
But sometimes it's easier to just shut down. And sometimes that's what our bodies need to just take a rest, to step away from the screen, to sit down after a long day and stare at the TV. I know I just said step away from the screen, but sometimes it's about going to the screen. Um, but sometimes it's just about going to bed a couple hours early or taking a nap during the day, switching up your routine a little bit. You know, we're not perfect. And that woman recognizes that she is constantly evolving and therefore her needs are constantly evolving with it. And what her life looks like today might be completely different in a year or two from now. And that's okay. And she learns how to flow smoothly with those shifts. She learns how to ride the waves, the wellness waves. And that's really what this summer and I mean, just life moving forward is about for me. And I'm really, really working on prioritizing these lessons that I shared in this episode. So I hope that you found some of them helpful and that you're going to work on applying them to your own life. I would love to know if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns about this episode. Please reach out to me if you would like to get into a conversation because I would love to talk talk with you guys more. Um, so you can message me on Instagram at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod. I'm more likely to see it if it's on my personal, to be honest. So at Slock Sounds, S-L-O-C-K-S-O-U-N-D-S. And of course, if you like this episode, please leave me a nice review, share with some friends and family, post on social media. Don't forget to tag me. And I will chat with you guys in the next episode. I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your week. I hope you get some sunshine, start enjoying the early days of summer, even though it's technically not summer yet. It already feels like it to me. It's Memorial Day weekend, so it basically is summer, right? Anyways, thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the Wellness Wave podcast. If you would like to support me and my show, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.